Good afternoon, folks, and thanks for joining us. Welcome to the MMA Sucker Podcast. My name is Tim Wheaton, joined as always by the editor at MMA Sucker, Fraser Crown. Fraser, how are you doing today, sir? We were just talking off air. This is going to be a you know high energy. We've got some good PFL to, to review. We've got a, a sneaky good UFC card to review. We've got one championship, and we've got a Tyson Fury card, which I'll be honest now, pre-worn, I'm going to get pissed off about. But let's yeah. just let's just get into the PFL. Let's put me in a good mood before it, before my mood gets ruined by uh, Tyson Fury, Derek Chisora. And, and Lennox Lewis, like Lennox Lewis doesn't say much, but he complained about this fight event. So you know it's garbage. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, uh, so I think the, the theme of 2022 for you and I, when I was looking back, is that we've made the case for somebody else. And then the other person has won. Like we really detailed why Islam Akachev is going to win that fight. And then we picked Charles Oliveira. We actually detailed why Alex Oliveira is going to, or sorry, not Alex Oliveira, Alex Pereira is going to win his fight. And then we picked Israel anyway. Um, you and I both made the case for Leon. I stuck with Leon. You picked Kamaru. And last week, we actually made the case for Larissa Pachenko. And then we were like, yeah, but Caleb's going to win. <laughs> if we just committed to our own analysis, we would have looked like geniuses this year. But every time we're like, here's probably why the other person's going to win. But anyway, Larissa Pacheco defeated Kayla Harrison. Fraser, what's going on? Uh, I mean... Fair play to Larissa Pacheco. She learns from her mistakes. She's 2-0 down in the what well, what's turned out to be a trilogy, but she was 2-0 down going into this fight. Two dominant victories by Kayla as well. Did take Kayla take her eye off the ball? You know, speaking to Ariel this week, she she said that she'd had some uh, sort of medical issues, but she she was respecting Pacheco, you know, clearly stating, look, she's got a lot better since we've last fought. And we went into we went into it saying, look, she's five first round KOs speak for themselves. You know, the, the, it's not these aren't flukes. You you know, you, maybe you get a lucky first round KO in one of your fights, but to do that five times in a row, that's there's no luck in that. And I just think, you know, Pacheco surprised Kayla with how aggressive she was off her back, and and this is a classic example of. You know, you don't have to be on top to be winning a fight. You can be on the bottom and, and win a fight. You know, she she had that triangle locked in at one point. She had, the, uh, I think it was a guillotine lock, lock, locked in at one point. She was just very active off her back with strikes. You just look at the the significant uh, the the ground strikes landed. You know, PFL do a really good job of um, of putting all their. I don't rate the fighter performance rating thing. I think that's absolutely shite. But <laughs> the, the strikes landed and strikes thrown on the, on their website, I think it's really good. It, it gives you a really good example of how the fight went. Kayla landed six takedowns. Clarissa Pacheco yeah. landed three. Kayla Harrison isn't used to being taken down. No. But the most interesting thing, I think, is ground strikes landed. Taking into account that you know Kayla spent the majority of the time on top in the ground situations, she landed 78 strikes. Larissa Pacheco landed 53. Now, the majority of those strikes were from bottom. Mm-hmm. I, th- I just think it was a really, really good performance by Larissa Pacheco. And, you know, I've seen things, is this the end of Kayla Harrison? Absolutely not. But, you know, Pacheco just had a number on that on that night. And it was, you know, I think 49, 46 were, were the, some of the scores. And completely agree with it. I think, you know, I'm I'm a PFL fan. I'm a Kayla Harrison fan as well. Absolutely. And now I'm a Larissa Pacheco fan. Not saying that I wasn't beforehand, but Kayla Harrison. You know, she's got the backstory. She's got you know, she's two-time Olympic gold medalist. Oh yeah. Um, listening to MMA Church on MMA Soccer uh, YouTube last night. Go and check that out because that was really good. Andrew was obviously there for MMA Soccer, and he mm-hmm. said. None of the sort of losing fighters came to talk to the press. Kayla Harrison came to talk to the press. I think this is yeah. going to go down as quite a notorious sort of loss for for Kayla Harrison. Of course, it's her first loss, and she's handled it really well. You know, we we saw Dominic Cruz when he lost to Cody Garbrandt, how well he handled that. Uh, yeah. Conor McGregor when he lost to uh, Nate Diaz yeah. the first time, how well he handled that. Ronda Rousey, how she didn't handle the loss at all to, <laughs> yeah. to, to, to Holly Holm or to uh, to Amanda Nunes. I think Kayla, you know, and people are naturally the the comparisons are going to come undefeated Judoka, who's at the top of the game. Comparisons between Harrison and Ronda Rousey are going to come. But I don't see them. I think they're chalk and cheese as far as 
mentality is concerned. I think Kayla is, you know, she's owned the loss already. She's, I think she was just surprised with how good Larissa Pacheco was on the ground after their first two, after their first two bouts. Yes. Well, well, yeah, I completely co-signed with you. Like, Larissa Pacheco actually had a few reversals on the ground and she was getting taken. <coughs> um, like, that That was actually a marked improvement. Because one thing, I think, on the feet, if you don't respect your opponent's power, you you can walk through their punches. And that's essentially what we saw Larissa Pachenko do. She, she knew probably Kayla Harrison isn't going to knock her out on the feet. So why am I going to, I'm not going to run from her punches. I'm going to stand in the pocket. And she landed well on the feet. She pursued on the feet. There was moments of, of aggression on the feet from her uh, and Flurry's landing. But yeah, on the ground, she was actually doing reversal. She was getting up from takedowns. Um, she was blocking like mounted crucifix at some points. Like, like she, Larissa Pachenko was ready for this fight, but I almost do like it more than Larissa won. Not because I hate Kayla, love Kayla. But because you need good uh, opponents, you need good storylines, you need good foibles in it. Let me talk about this lightweight class as nobody. No, it doesn't. Look at it. We got yeah. Larissa and Kayla in there. It's it's fantastic. Next year when they run it back for the a fourth time, you got a really good storyline coming into this one, right? Well, this is what I think is entertaining because, you know, I'm not for a second thinking that Mike Brown and, and obviously all the guys at ATT overlook Larissa Pacheco, but when, when you get beaten so easily twice in a row, mm. Kayla's probably thinking, what has Larissa got for me? Yes, she's made the improvements in a stand-up game, but I dominated on the floor. Yeah. Of course, she's going to be trying to improve her ground game, but we haven't seen that because she's got fir- five first-round KOs. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it, I think going into this for Kayla, it was a lose-lose. You know, she's the PFL's biggest star. She's the face of the PFL. You know, she she spoke oh, to yeah. Ariel saying that she didn't get any of the pay per view points. She didn't get any paid any extra for the pay per view, but she's having yeah. to do all the uh, all the uh, media surrounding it. She's already beat Pacheco twice. If she beats her a third time, you know, she almost has to finish her to show that just how good she is in comparison to Pacheco. Because if she yeah. defeats her by decision again, it's like, well, yeah, you've already done that twice, and now she's coming out on a loss. I don't think her stop goes down. A, a whole lot, but it, it was for me. Yeah, it was a lose lose for for Kayla because, like I say, there. What? Where, where's the upside for Kayla? Well, she beats a girl that she's already beat twice already. Well, yeah, you're expected to do that. Oh, what you lose to a girl that you've already beaten twice? Why have you lost to her? What you know? Are you regressing? Blah 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 blah. But it's interesting that you say we. You know, we think we'll see a fourth fight next year because Kayla openly said that she's not entering the tournament next year. What? So whether they'll just have a, a you know a one-off rematch, but it won't be for the belt next year. I know, you know, I don't even know if they'll do a one fifty-five pound tournament next year. With obviously they're bringing in the featherweights with Aspen Ladd and, and Julia Bud competing on this card. Yeah, but with no Kayla, do you do, you do that? There's not there. It, these are the two <laughs> of this weight class, right? Exactly, and and you know Larissa can make one forty-five, so maybe she, you know, I you know we haven't seen her make one forty-five for for a long time, but. You know, it's worth noting that she she did compete at one forty five on tough. She lost to I think Macy Cheerson on tough. Mm. She she's got a loss to Jessica Andrade, yes. who is a yeah. one fifteen pound fighter now. Like it's worth <laughs> remembering that. So Pacheco can make one forty five. So maybe she enters herself and looks to become a two weight PFL champion, something that Kayla hasn't done. And it, you know, maybe she steps out of because let's be honest. She she's creeping now, and she's she's close to stepping out of the limelight of, of Kayla Harrison. Obviously, you're going to be in the limelight of Kayla Harrison. You're the two best girls in the division, and Kayla much, yeah. has dominated you in two fights. You've now, let's be honest, it wasn't a close fight. Kayla knew standing. You know, we've all seen when the uh, official announcement is 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 made. Kayla knew she'd lost that fight. Yeah, it wasn't close. So, so Larissa Pacheco is creeping. She's 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 soon to be stepping out of the sort of shadow of, of Kayla Harrison and mm-hmm. becoming a two-weight tournament champion in PFL will certainly do that. And I think that's probably the route that Larissa goes down next season. Oh, absolutely. Man, could you imagine like dropping out of the UFC because of losses and then she wins its second PFL title and winning $2 million total? Like free agency has worked for some people. Free agency has been so good for some of these fighters, right? But I do want to talk about Kayla Harrison and how it feels like she is just like, the story of her career is that she's extremely good fighter and extremely good judo fighter and like a great person overall with stuff with the family and stuff with her foundation, things like that. 
But he also seems like a fighter who, when we look back, I mean, in like five years, we're always going to talk about the missed opportunities more than what happened in the cage. She was really, she was that they had the Amanda Nunes contracts written, just the ink wasn't dry yet. And then Juliana Pena got in the way. They were looking at that cyborg fight pretty closely. Larissa Pachanko got in the way. What is the future of Kayla Harrison? I think I really don't know because, like, like, like I say, I'm, I, I'd be confident. Well, this is her speaking before she lost in the uh, tournament. Right. Whether that reignites the fire and she she enters herself into the tournament next season, I'm not quite sure. But speaking before she lost, when she was the two-time PFL champion, when she was undefeated at fifteen and zero, she she said that she wouldn't be competing in the, in in the tournament structure next next season. Now that she's lost, does that change her mind? That might, yeah. you know, light a fire under under her backside for want of a better word, and and really get her to you know reignite that fire, reignite that passion, that drive to try and prove that you know that was a blip last season. I am the best. If not, you know, do you do 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 the PFL do one one fight contracts for for a Chris Cyborg? Kayla definitely needs to fight somebody before she fights Cyborg. Because she was getting yeah. lit up on the feet from Pacheco, you know. Again, just yeah. just throwing it over to the stats. The uh, strikes landed on the feet. You know, it's she was outstruck by by Pacheco pretty pretty convincingly. She was yeah. not dropped with a leg kick, but Larissa uh, Pacheco timed the leg kick phenomenally and essentially knocked Harrison down. You know, caught her as she was stepping in and knocked her down. I think that was the second. Second or third round, so yeah, cyborg yeah. fight. Really, there's no wind in those sails after this fight specifically for like like the, those reasons, right? We're looking at that like cyborg could do that probably. Aspen lad, Aspen lad had had a word to say. You know, we won't go into the Aspen lad fight because there's far better fights on this card. But you know, Aspen lad beat Julia Bud by split decision in a PFL debut, which yeah. to be honest is a really good win. Julia Bud, you know, long time. Um, Bellator champion, obviously lost to Cyborg. I think she lost to Caitlin Young in the PFL, yeah. uh, either a debut or, or last time out. And you know she's not a bad fighter. She's a natural one forty five er, and for 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 Aspen Lad to to beat her is is impressive. But Aspen Lad came out and said, "Look, the girls that Kayla Harrison's fought, the girls that Larissa Pacheco's fought, they're not on my level. You know, they're not on the same level as the girls that I fought. So maybe Aspen Lad versus Kayla Harrison. Aspen, obviously, we saw that fight. It was instantly forgettable." If it wasn't her debut, I don't know <laughs> if anyone would even remember that she fought on the card. But she essentially pressed Julia Budd up against the fence for for fifteen minutes. But and and you know when she did get the fight to the floor, it was uneventful. You're not yes. going to be able to out clinch Kayla Harrison. Harrison Imagine slightly vulnerable. Having... Yeah, sorry. Go on. Go on. No, I'm saying Harrison looks slightly vulnerable on the ground against Pacheco. So so why can Aspen Lad do that? The weight would be an issue for me, 145, 155. Yeah, true. I think Harris, Harrison can make 145, but again, uh, you know, she's coming to the sort of twilight of her career. She said that she trains two a days now. She wants to go down to training just once a day. So, you know, is she going to be putting in the work to get it down to 145 to fight Aspen Lad, who, you know, it'll be a main event, but it's not a huge fight for Harrison. But it's certainly a... a is it a step up in competition from Pacheco on the ground? I'd say yes, but on the feet, Pacheco I think finishes, uh, or, or at least deals with Aspen Lad pretty handily. So that you know, there's options for Canada, but you know, like you say, will her legacy be? She almost got the big fight every time. I know. It, it, I know. It's almost the 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 opposite of a, of a, a Michael Bisping. You know, he almost made it to the title, almost made it to the title. And then right in the twilight of his career, he finally makes the title. He has three titles, two titles, well, two, he makes one title defence and then headlines MSG against GSP. Then he goes into that crazy, I think, two weeks short notice fight against Calvin Gastelum. For Kayla Harrison, I think she started big and there's a potential that she might just peter out. But I think the PFL have put too much, invested too much stock in her now. For it to yeah. allow her to piece her out, and it, it's difficult because you know she's been so so open and saying, "I am done with I am done with the season format. I cannot cut the weight anymore. I cannot. You know, I only want to go. I want to go back to training just one a days rather than two. Yeah, what do they I, do I know. 
and it's tough. Like if you give someone three million dollars for two years of work, like yeah, I don't, I don't blame her. Anyway. Um, but imagine being Aspen Lad that you beat Julia Bud by split decision, and then you're like, yeah, none of these girls are on my level. The audacity! What is this? Exactly. This, is, this, so is, this is the girl that that lost in 16 seconds to Jermaine Durandamy. This is the girl yeah, that lost you... Norma Dumont in a in in a featherweight debut. This is a girl. But she I wasn't. Think, it you wasn't know. like knocking somebody out. It was a split over Julia Budd. Come on, and, and that, you know, yes, yeah, she, she, I, I, I think she won the fight, but it, it could have gone either way. You yeah. Know, if if one judge doesn't, you know, prefer a slightly different style to the other judges, it, she's she's lost, and she's still going to claim that you know these girls aren't on my level. It's it's interesting, but yeah. you know, I think as you alluded to there with Luisa Pacheco with. You know, Jeremy Stevens, who was on this card, obviously picked up a loss, unfortunately, for Jeremy. Rob Wilkinson, uh, Aspen Ladd, all these girls and guys are uh, testing free agency and are being picked up by the by the PFL. Marlon Marais, who obviously had retired. That's and then one. that was, he was looking hella good. He always is. He and could then, be. <laughs> we, we, we said, haven't we? If, if he was allowed to be an MMA fighter with boxing rounds, three minute rounds, He's world champion in the UFC. Actually, but he beats Cejudo. He beats everybody in front of him. It's those last two minutes of the, of the five-minute round that just seem to come around every single fight and bite him on the ass. And then that's I what know. happened against Shaman Marais. So he looked good. But, yeah, going back to the point, you know, these are the guys are all testing free agency and being picked up from the PFL. And nobody has made a worse decision than Dana White and not signing Brendan Lochnane. Go on with this one. And what a, what Brendan a Lochnane can, you know, he is the definition of everything happens for a reason. You know, mm. let's not forget what we're alluding to here is obviously he had his chance on the contender series, dominated his opponent. I can't remember the opponent now, but dominated his opponent. Mm. Shot for a takedown in the last sort of 10 seconds and Dana White didn't like that. This is Dana White, a guy who gave Islam Makachev a title shot off having never beaten the top anyone in the top ten sure. who constantly shoots for takedowns. This is Dana White that, you know, tried to eradicate John Fitch from the from the UFC. This is Dana White that you know it's mixed martial arts, Dana. You feel like saying if he wants he's dominated a fight and then he wants to shoot for a takedown, let him shoot for a takedown. But everything for a reason. Brendan Lockney signs for the PFL. Yeah. Misses out in the semi-finals last year, makes his way to the final this year. After you know it was a close one, he, he had injuries, he had I think a, a clash of heads that that led him to go into the final, mm. and then in the featherweight final, he turned up. He yeah. battered Bubba Jenkins for for three, four and a half rounds, and then finished him in. The, I think it, yeah, it was in the fourth, wasn't it? Yeah, he battered him for four and a half rounds and, and finished him in the fourth. Absolutely phenomenal performance by Brendan. I'm so chuffed. Oh, yeah. And Bubba Jenkins is a tough fight. We thought it was going to be a lot closer. We thought Bubba Jenkins really... Brendan Lockney just ran away with it. He made it look easy in there. It was the perfect game plan. that Hit the low leg kick every time that Bubba switched stances because the, the leg was hurting. Yeah. Brendan would switch stances. The uh, the takedown defense looked phenomenal. You know, I'm, I'm, I even put on our staff picks, Bubba Jenkins, sad face. Yeah, because yeah. I thought nothing against Bubba Jenkins. I really wanted Brendan to win. Yeah. I thought Bubba, you know, after how he looked in in London, um, I just thought that Bubba would be able to get Brendan down and make it boring for twenty five minutes. But Brendan's takedown defense was phenomenal. And you know, how do you stop someone being able to shoot on you at pace? Hack the leg. You know, Brent, uh, Bubba landed no takedowns of six attempts. Leg, stri- leg strikes landed for Brendan Lockney in 56. And we saw it, you know, we saw that they uh, they were constantly zooming in on, on the leg of Bubba Jenkins. It looked like he was wearing a shin pad. It was horrific. And, you know, no disrespect to Bubba, but I'm here for it. I, yeah. I thought that was a really, really good performance by Brendan Lockney. And again, everything happens for a reason. Don't get signed for the UFC. He's probably gutted that night. Do you think he would have made a million dollars in two years at the UFC? Absolutely nope. not. Nope. He would be on 10 and 10 for almost two entire years and then uh, would be early. I, I do encourage, like, and this has been the, the line for quite a while. It's been tougher now that the UFC is so taken over, but like, do test free agency. Uh, like, it, it has paid off for a lot of these guys. Like, someone like Yuri Prohashka, some, 
you know, in the middle of the Czech Republic, a country the UFC is not interested in. If he signed with the UFC five years ago, he wouldn't really be worth what he is today. But him going through Ryzen, winning championships there, fights with King Mola Wall, things like that, that raised his stock. He came into the UFC, <coughs> got a title fight in three fights, probably getting paid handsomely in that time. Unfortunately, I mean, there's sad news over the weekend for our boy, for our boy Yuri. But, like, go through free agency, honestly. Go raise your stock. Get some titles wherever you can, and then come to the UFC. Brendan Lockney now. The UFC might actually offer him a fair contract at this point. I don't know if they will, but I could see the argument. Well, exactly. And, and you know, I just pulled up. I don't mean to, to brag, but yeah. Conor McGregor tweeted, UFC, signed Brendan Lockney. Exciting yes. fight, a backstory with the company and of the European side. A money in the bank UK or European signing, congrats on the win. And yeah. I just quote tweet that said, Brendan Lockney, stay at the PFL, they'll pay you more and they'll respect <laughs> you as an individual. Now, Brendan Lockney has been the co main event now on a, a pay per view, which is obviously this past weekend, and he, yeah. he's been the co main event in his, in his own home country in London, despite the yeah. fact that you know he doesn't train in London, he, he, he goes out to Thailand to train. Oh, yeah. If you think that Brendan Lockname would be co-main event in a UFC London or UFC, you know, UFC London pay-per-view. You know, obviously we've got, I think, 284, 285 is rumoured to be London or Cardiff. Yeah. Leon Edwards. If you think Brendan Lockname is getting the co-main event slot in that, unfortunately you're mistaken. The PFL respect Brendan Lockname. They respect the backstory. And you can tell by the way that they've they've put a lot of eggs in the Brendan Lockname basket. And and it's it's paid off. He's He's... That that fight, you know, he's got he's got the backstory of not making it to the UFC. If I'm Brendan, I'm making more money in in PFL. I probably yeah. got just as many eyes on me whilst fighting in the PFL as I would in the UFC. Stay in the PFL, man. You know, at the end of the day, yes, you might become a more global star, but. And you might, you know, get a few more Instagram, a few more Twitter followers if you join the UFC. But in, in 10 years time, when you've retired, with, you know, two million in the bank, yeah. because the PFL are respecting you as an individual. Are you going to care how many Twitter followers you've got? Absolutely no. not. No. And like even even guys who uh, we think of as like very good UFC Locks like Eddie Alvarez was good value because he was good value outside the UFC. Michael Chandler, same thing. He built his name outside the UFC and then went to the UFC when he was very valuable. I think that actually makes more sense than trying 10 and 10 and work your way up and stuff like that. Really do trust free agency. Uh, Anti Delia got a first round knockout. Aspen Lad. Olivin Aubin Mercier got a very nice, very good highlight reel knockout over the Scottish Raveheart Stevie Ray. You know, I was thinking about because you were talking about nationalism last week of like Canada versus Scotland. I think I, I don't care about nationalism so much in MMA because hear me out. I saw the entire career of George St. Pierre as a Canadian. Like we won, we beat this sport. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think about you sometimes of like, as an Englishman, you were in the trenches of, of Michael Bisping. Like those were rough years to support Michael Bisping, man. They're rough years to support Bisping. We've had obviously Dan Hardy that got to the, got to the top and then, oh. and then didn't quite make it. We've had Darren Till with, just on a career trajectory of, unfortunately, downward spiral. We've got Tom Aspinall, who seemed to be on the brink of a title <laughs> shot, goes and gets an injury. We've got Molly McCann finally breaking into the top 15, suffers that dominant loss at the hands of Aaron Blanchfield. You know, uh, it's been rough. Finally, you know, we've got Arnold Allen. We've got Brendan Lochlane. We've got Paddy Pimblett, you know, headline, yeah. uh, sorry, co- co-headlining now at 282 in a few weeks' time. Yeah. You know, we've got Darren Till returning on that card. We've got plenty of UK-based fighters. And, and you know, throwing it over to the PFL, obviously, we, yeah, we've got Brendan. And, you know, I'm going to keep shouting her out. We've got Dakota Dichavo, who's looking yeah. like an absolute savage. 125-pound really fighters one. should oh, not be able to hit that hard. Yeah. And yet she knocked a girl out. And that was a that was a nice one. That You know, I think her first win, she... It, it appeared to me, you know, correct me if I'm wrong that she wasn't too impressed with the win. I don't think her opponent really came to fight. This one, you can tell how much it meant to a post-fight press conference. She got emotional, obviously, talking about how, you know, she she suffered with believing in herself. And, uh, you know, I'd love to talk to her and, and just see maybe where that, that stems from. I'll, uh, I'll try and set something up with her. But, definitely, you know, where, where does that stem from? Because she's goddamn good, you know. Yes. She is a quality fighter. 
and she's she got like yeah, legit like knockout power at 125, which a lot of girls don't have. You know, it's Valentina Shevchenko. How many times have we seen her knock people out with with just her hands? Not often. I couldn't name you a time that you know. Yes, she knocked Jessica I dead with her feet. Yes, she knocked uh, Laura Murphy dead. Pretty much with you know, she she started that with her feet and then she she followed it up with with kicks. Yep. Dakota's got legitimate knockout power with her hands, and that I think is going to carry her far in PFL, especially in when the uh, European season starts next next year. PFL oh, yeah. uh, PFL Europe it's it's an exciting time for for someone, of, especially of her age. You know, the PFL are putting you know they're investing in Dakota and and rightfully so, and she's she's repaying them with. You know, two fights, August and Dece- uh, August and November, two finishes. Really good stuff from Dakota Dichua. Yes, lifetime in kickboxing. Like she's got a, a ton of power behind her because she was an, an ISCA champion professionally in kickboxing. How is she on the ground? Like a UK fighter, kickboxing background. There's a lot of reason here to be nervous about her wrestling. I mean, we, we've seen girl the the uh, incredible win though. Just incredible win though. Holy crap, that was good. But yeah, please go ahead. Yeah, we saw. Her, I can't remember the girl's name. The the Moroccan girl that uh, that she fought in, in her PFL debut looked to take her down. She just got into the clinch and just brutalized her with knees. I think in uh, when she fought for UAE Warriors, I think she was tested a little bit on the ground. But you know, again, that was a win. She 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 handled herself on the ground pretty pretty handily. And Amazing. you know, yes, yeah, she's a UK based fighter with a kickboxing or, or or you know Thai kickboxing background. She's at ATT now. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. She's probably fine. <laughs> she she's she's training day in day out with with the killers on the mat at ATT and and you know we've seen that she's been training with Joanna uh, Yunjacek, girl with one of the best takedown defenses yes. in the UFC. Yeah. What what a woman to model your sort of fight style off, Joanna Yunjacek. Right, I'm solid on the feet, and now you can't take me down. And if you do take me down, I've got girls like. Erin Blanchfield, I think, was tra- she was training. Jasmine Ju- uh, Ju- That's Ju- busy, yes. nailed it. It's that Canadian Canadian thing, you <laughs> <Yeah>. see. <laughs> but you know, she she's trained with with high high level girls, and you know, they're just two off the top of my head that I've seen uh, have pictures with. Yeah, I think she'll be. You know, she again. You know, they'll build her cleverly like they did with Kayla, and I think she'll she'll be just fine going forward. But yeah, going back to the. Mm. DB Ray fight. It's, it's, it's yeah. tough because, you know, he retired. He had a lot of personal demons. He had injuries. The UFC cut him because he couldn't get a visa to fight on, on Fight Island. So, yeah, he retired from the sport. We then saw him come back in a grappling match. And, and then he's, he's, you know, he beat Anthony Pettis twice. and But he just looked to be outskilled in this one. I know it was a, an early finish, but it it just seemed like, like um, the Canadian gangster... You know, you, you, you for one would probably love that that nickname. You know, Obin Mercier really just had his number. You know, he was brutalizing with the low leg kicks, and then it wasn't like he was throwing that that hook and and that check hook and and landing it throughout. I think it appeared to me maybe the first or second time that he'd thrown it, and it just seemed to just land. It just almost caught uh, Stevie Ray by surprise and sent into the shadow round for want of a better word it, it, it was a beautiful knockout it was like uh, the way that you're supposed to throw a punch where like it, it, that you follow through so much that it's like your opponent's head wasn't even there kind of thing yeah like it was exactly. just bam it was right in there perfect knockout that your opponent's completely not cold yeah it was awesome stuff and good for uh oam like another free agent really a, a win story here for a guy who definitely wouldn't be doing this kind of stuff in the UFC, wouldn't be making that kind of money in the UFC, right? Same with yeah, exactly. And the same story with Rob Wilkinson, I think, was one of the performances yeah. of the of the night. Um, you know, he's coming. He came off. He he suffered back to back losses in the UFC. Um, to well, yeah, his, his final loss in the UFC was uh, well, he only had two fights. I didn't even realize he only had two fights in the UFC. Lost both of them via finish. One of them was to Israel Adesanya, which has aged quite well, to be honest. It's, and it's not a, as far as losses are concerned, that's not exactly a bad one to pick up. But you then look at him since then; he's finished every single fight, every single fight that he's had, he's finished in the PFL, in local Australian, um, mm-hmm. local Australian promotions, and he's looked goddamn good doing it. And again, you know, these guys. 
uh, Obi Mercier, Rob Wilkinson, Brendan Lockney, and Larissa Pacheco. Yeah, yeah. Aspen Lad, Shane Burgess, Marlon Marias. You know, Marlon didn't didn't get the didn't get the victory. Jeremy Stevens didn't get the victory, but it's showing the, the these guys and girls. The UFC isn't the be all and end all. No, it, it, if you don't make it in the UFC, Rob Wilkinson went zero and two in the UFC. There was only two losses. He's seventeen and two now. Yeah, and he's just made a million dollars on a pay per view. And you, you know, I, I don't know what his plan. I haven't seen any interviews with. Him. I don't know what his plans are for next year. But the chances are, you know, he he, he sort of dealt with everyone at light heavyweight so easily this year. Why would you not? You know, try try his hand again at, at light heavyweight. I think it's at light heavyweight. Was it mid, at middleweight? It's uh, let me just double check. Oh no, is it? Yeah, so he's fighting up at light heavy. It's two hundred five. So you know, why not try your hand again and just try and get another million dollars because you did so well this year. You know, it's it's a phenomenal performance by Wilkinson, and you know, again, it's just more evidence that if you don't make it in the UFC, it's not the end of the road. It's not the the, the UFC isn't the be all and end all. Yes, everyone wants to make it to the UFC, but if you make it and get cut, it is what it is. You could be a millionaire. That that's it, and I think the talent is a lot closer than people think. Uh, of like, if you took the top ten from any other organization and compared it to the UFC's top ten in one on one competition, it's probably a lot closer. Champions are a different story, but I just mean like top ten overall is probably a yeah, lot closer sure. than people think. Uh, let's look ahead to this weekend. Uh, we'll do a quick rundown for one championship, do a rundown for UFC, and then uh, get into some Tyson Fury complaints, if that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> one championship, they got their double champion, Rainier DeRitter from the Netherlands. He's putting his undefeated record on the line against the interim heavyweight champion, Anatoly Malkin. Uh, this is a grappler versus a uh, knockout artist. <coughs> both undefeated, both title holders in one. Very good contrast of styles. I am curious about Anatoly Malkin dropping down to light heavyweight. That'll make this fight very interesting, but Got to think, Rainier Derrida is such a... He's a gangster on the ground. Uh, Alicia Helen Rodriguez is finally back. Uh, two girls that they brought in to lose to Stamp Fairtex, and they both beat Stamp Fairtex. They're now competing in Muay Thai <laughs> for the Atomweight Championship. That'll be a good one. The debut of Roberto Soldich against the undefeated Russian Murad Ramazanov, uh, another Dagestani wrestler. I feel like when they signed Roberto Soldich, one maybe didn't want him to fight for a title. They want to embarrass him. Of like He's a two-division KSW champion. He's going to lose to this Dagestani wrestler. <laughs> what are your thoughts say, on this yeah. one? <laughs> yeah, no, you know, Rene Derrida, I saw an interview with him that I think we, we posted up on the site saying, yeah, give me Alex Pereira and uh, Israel Adesanya in the same Yeah, way. I mean, maybe, yeah. honestly. I mean, <laughs> it's just, uh, that's what makes me excited. And, you know, it's interesting that we had the, you know, we spoke last week about the issues that one had with their, their weight cutting and yet in their main event, they've got, a guy cutting down to 205. Yeah, that's this is going to be a tough one. That's going to be brutal. I don't so, think it's going to go... Some, yeah. Something's going to go off the rails there, I expect. We're, we're, However, it's a good fight on paper. On paper, is excellent. We'll definitely have headlines coming out of one championship this week this weekend. But yeah, I, I enjoy the, the Roberto Soldic uh, fight because they're not giving him a gimme. They're not giving him a... No. Oh, we've got... You know, this was the... the I'd say it's probably the biggest free... one of the, Well, one of the most well-known, one of the most talented free agents in recent recent history... Yep. To to be, you know, the, talking to the UFC, talking to one, talking to Bell, or probably talking to the PFL. Yep. Obviously signs for one one championship. And they haven't just given him a all oh, right, we've got this new signing, let's just give him a gimme fight. Eleven and oh, Dagasani wrestler. That's insane. I mean it doesn't come much harder than that. And no. it's not like, you know, he's eleven and oh, he's not fought anyone. He's been fighting in Fight Nights Global. He's had yeah. three fights for one championship. You know, it, it's it, I'm. It's one of those where, you, on paper, you'd expect Soldich to win, but it's by no means a gimme. No, when I took a closer look, like you said, you're like, oh, that, that's a bad fight for Roberto Soldich, yeah. actually. Um, and the winner, it is a title eliminator, so the winner will likely fight Christian Lee next as well. The next day, we got Joshua Passiao, probably going to lose his title to the gangster Jared Brooks, uh, and the flyweight Muay Thai World Championship Grand Prix final with Superlek and Panpayak. Uh, which will be really fun. Uh, I think that's it for the really big ones. Yeah, one championship. These both are going to be really good. What, what else do you see on these ones? No, I just, you know, if you haven't already checked out the interview with Jared Brooks, obviously check that out. We've got that, that up on the, uh, it'll be up, it's up on the YouTube. I, I also think it's probably been made into a, to an article as well. So yeah, be sure to check that out because that was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that one. He's, uh, you know, a guy that maybe, maybe is remembered for knocking himself out 
by a slam in, in the UFC. Let's not take that away from just how skilled he is. You know, the guy's seven, uh, 19 and two. And, you know, he's, he's fought his way back to what is essentially the top of the sport. You know, you don't you don't get to headline a, a one championship card if, you, if you're not sort of about that life, as it were. You know, he did get, he got cut from the UFC after uh, yeah. th- uh, four fights. He lost a split decision to Viggy. Like I know, I know. He's a, this, he's good. This guy is good. Yes, he may or may not have knocked himself out trying to slam Jose to Shorty Torres. <laughs> it is what it is. It's, it, these things happen in MMA. It's a crazy sport. Like you know, like I say, it is what it is. But this, uh, I didn't realize this is a, a rearranged fight from uh, from like June know, or something like that. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. Yeah, beginning of June. So these guys have been focused on each other now for arguably too long. You know, six months to be just focusing on fight, facing one guy is, is a long, old time. So and it's in Manila, it. Philippines, too. They just add a little bit extra. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, How cool realize. is that? I'm excited yeah. for that piece. We're looking at another thriller in Manila. I know. So, Jared Brooks uh, isn't going to make it out of there alive. He's going to get chewed up. No, He's going to sure. wrestle to a victory, and then the audience is going to destroy that man. Exactly. And I, I expect him to be on a plane home by... When is this? Is this Friday? Thursday, Friday? I expect him to be home and in bed by by Saturday afternoon, late yeah. morning. <laughs> he doesn't want to stick around in Manila. That's going to be a fun one there. Like you said, like Jared Brooks, like the, the, this is free agency's worked out for him because now he's going to really make a name for himself. He's wrestling a bunch of guys in one championship who don't have American wrestling backgrounds, and he's looked unstoppable doing it. Um, but like, if he comes back in the UFC in three years, they have to sign him on a big contract to make it worth his time because he's proven himself. He's walking with a bunch of titles by that point. But yeah, losing a split decision to Figgy, nah, that's not a reason to cut a guy. Come on. Exactly. And you know, at the end of the day, again, it's another example. This week is full of examples. You know, we're not bashing yeah. the UFC because they've got a phenomenal card this weekend. But yeah. it's another example of if you don't make it in the UFC, if you knock yourself yeah. out. Is what it is. Oh but if you don't, <laughs> no, I'm joking. No, but if you don't make it in the UFC, there's money to be made. There's huge fights yep. to be had. There's championships to be won. Yep. And yes, you might not. The, the casual fan might sort of, you know, maybe not have heard of you or, or not follow your career. We in the media will follow your career because we know that. Jared, you can't tell me if Jared Brooks face Figueroa or Moreno now. Yeah. He'd just get blown out of the water. They're close fights still. Yes. Regardless of whether he's in the UFC or not, they're close fights. If Brendan Lockname faced um, Alexander Volkanovsky, I think it's a close fight. It, yeah. it, it's a close fight. You know, let's say Jan Blahovic wins uh, in a couple of weeks, or even if Ankalaev wins. Rob Wilkinson is a tough fight for, for either of those guys. You know, these, these aren't just gimme, gimme fights because they're not in the UFC. It's, it's, there's close fights in whatever you know. The like you say, the the top ten in any organization, they're gonna be close fights, and it, it's gonna be worth. They're gonna be worth tuning in for. So to you know, if you can watch this one championship card, make yeah. sure you catch it. Luckily, with one, they put pretty much all the highlights on their on their Twitter page. So if you can't catch the full fight, you know the highlights will be up in in short clips on their Twitter page or on their Instagram. So cool. Yeah, so, so accessible. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, this is what you want from... They know that they're not the biggest brand in the world. They know that UFC is the biggest brand in the world. How do they get to be the biggest brand in the world? Show that they've got some of the best fighters and some of the best clips, clippable. You know, this is the social media era of MMA, which, you know, Conor McGregor pretty much made the, (laughs) the, 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 the social media side of MMA. And, you know, one championship have sort of taken that model and, and, and ran with it. And, you know, the, the, I mean, just last week, I didn't watch the whole Rod Tang fight last week, but there's you just a clip to. of... It, <laughs> it, it is what it is, you know. We know what to expect from Rod Tang. But, but you know, even the clips of him just, you know, I think I think he got, you know, hooked or something and he just walks forward and, oh, and you God. know, just shakes his head and, and nods. And it, he, he's a clippable guy and one championship have taken that sort of clippable feature of, of one of their fighters and ran with it. And rightfully so, because it, it's paying dividends for him. I, you know, Rod Tank, would he have ever got a fight with DJ if he hadn't have been a, a big crossover star? <laughs> Absolutely no. not. No. But it's and paying like, off you... for both him and one championship now. 
you show highlights of him punching himself after getting punched by somebody. Rod Tang is so cool. It's a reason that he's he's he is handsomely well paid in one championship, and he deserves it. I I think his name is ubiquitous with one in Muay Thai at this point. He's well earned his his idea. But one thing Rod Tang has been talking about: kickers, kick fans hate this. But you you and I, we're normal people. So, but he has been saying like, I'm going to train with Demetrius Johnson, and they're going to go to MMA. I'll do one more. I want to win the kickboxing title, and then I'll have kickboxing and Muay Thai, and then I want to do MMA here. That's this guy's. That's fun. That's really fun. And he's, from, you know, he's not old either, is he, Rod Tang? Okay. Twenty-five. <sighs> I know. The guy's still got a whole career ahead of him in mixed martial arts, and you know, it's not like yes, he's had a, a long Muay Thai career, but you know, been fighting probably since he was. He was eight when he made his debut. I mean. God, that's insane. Legally, that's, that's questionable. But <laughs> <there's>, <laughs> come on, guys, we got eight-year-olds just scrapping each other. CT is a real thing. But Again, uh, yeah, it's it, 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 his story is sometimes framed as very heartwarming. But like a lot of people in Thailand have to take Muay Thai, and he says the same thing of like, I had to feed my family. Like, yeah, this isn't this is not heartwarming. This is actually super sad. He says like, I actually really like football. I wish I could play football, but I wasn't allowed because it didn't pay. Like this is really sad, actually. Yeah, it, yeah, that's. Work. That's the thing, but but that's the kind of crossover story that you need for to be a, a star in MMA. You know, yes. in, in you you don't. Oh, you know, guy start guy begins a Muay Thai career because he he he's you know he walked past the gym. Yeah, well, you know. Oh, I know. So, so is everybody. So 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 did you know? I think was it Joe Rogan that we that that said that he started his sort of uh, Taekwondo career because he. he Jean-Jacques Machado just just kicking the bag and you walk past like what's that noise it found out about hitting a bag well you know fair play it it is what it is and if that gets you into the sport that gets you into the sport but a real what's the word uh necessity you know fighting fighting for a purpose fighting for a necessity is a captivating story and and Rod Tang's got that so when he transitions over to MMA like you've alluded to that he will do probably within the next two years He's twenty seven. He's twenty. I know. Twenty. He'll be maximum. He'll be twenty seven. Probably twenty six. Get that Sohudo DJ training, and you'll. Oh my god, this guy could be amazing. Or just like he's been fighting since he was eight, so he might just fall apart. (laughs) (laughs) You never know. Exactly, but you know it. It that that's a story that again a lot of media probably won't cover. But Mm. will will we MMA soccer cover it? Absolutely. I'm all over that. We will be able to rinse that for all it's worth, and rightfully so, because it's a, it'll be a phenomenal story for when when it does happen. And we know, obviously, like you say, we know that it'll happen sooner rather than later. And I do almost like the stories more of guys like Jose Aldo, Anderson Silva, Francis Ngannou, of people being like, if I could do something else, I would have. But I couldn't do anything else. Like I couldn't go to school. I couldn't do soccer because it was just too competitive. I have to do fighting, and I had no choice those stories like it, it's hard to sometimes interviewing americans you're like what was it like being in sales before you're fighting and then you interview people from like the philippines and I'm like what was it like that your parents never accepted your career and now they're both dead like it's just it's so yeah. different it's a different tone in like um how how urgent but yeah th- those crossover stories i still think about jose aldo and francis Ngannou, just like that yeah these stories what's are it like living on the street and <laughs> you know j- just just boxing because you had to survive yeah but, yeah, 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 it was all right. Yeah, yeah. No, no wonder, <laughs> no wonder you don't get too worried when you're walking into an octagon that it's a sanctioned fight with people there to physically help you and stop, you know, stop you from killing someone and stop someone from killing you. No wonder you're quite relaxed walking in there. Fair play, yeah. I understand it. <laughs> like five years ago, I was eating the trash and jumping barbed wire. Now I'm fighting for money. Okay. Now, yes. Now someone is making me my meal so I can keep to a weight. Yeah, it works. <laughs> Oh, it's great. I, I love this sport sometimes. I think being, I think feel like being an MMA fan, you have those dark moments where you're like, I don't like this sport. I, this is actually super sad. And sometimes you have good moments. Anyway, let's look at the UFC. It's a sneaky good card. Uh, Stephen Thompson versus Kevin Holland. Brian Barbarina versus RDA. Uh, Tai Tuivasa and Sergio Pavlovich. Eric Anders versus Kyle Dachaus. Nico Price is on it. Angela Hill and Emily Dakote. Clay Guida. This is actually a good card from top to bottom. If it had a, like, this is sneakily good. I want more finance than this. Yeah. I mean, let's not forget as well, we've got the return of out of retirement of Kevin Holland. Oh my god. This he guy was, retired. He retired. Despite the fact that he fought he what, MMA three retired. Months, three months ago. He fought in September. 
Yeah. Let's not let's not forget he was officially retired. Uh, this is a, this is a, Stephen Thompson coming out of retirement. Let's not forget that. Yeah. Yep. Despite the fact that he fought in September and uh, sorry, this is Kevin Holland coming out of retirement. Stephen Thompson he, actually hasn't fought for like two years, but no, he's he's been. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was literally going to say Stephen Thompson has not fought in twelve months. Yeah. Kevin Holland fought three months ago, but Kevin Holland's the one coming out of retirement. That's right. But no, this is a really, you know, thank God it's it's in front of fans, you know, Orlando, Florida, the Amway Center. I don't know how big the venue is, but thank God, you know, there's going to be fans in there. This is not an apex card. This is a really, really strong card. Yes. And, you know, Stephen Thompson versus Kevin Holland. Do you think this one's going to hit the mat? Absolutely not, unless Kevin Holland decides... Decides it, but after his last fight, I think Kevin Holland's going to come out there with with something to prove. You know, he had all of that um, fight week antics with Hamza and it, who was it? it was Hamza, Li Jingliang, Daniel Rodriguez, Tony Ferguson, and, and Nate Diaz. The 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 was it two seventy nine the two seventy nine shit 279 show fiasco, yeah yeah the 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 two seventy nine shit show as we'll call it and. Uh, you know, let's not forget that Kevin Holland was pissed off with how his fight with Kamzat went. And you think that, that he's going to look to take that one to the ground? Absolutely not. This will be a, a stand-up chess match for as long as it for as long as long it lasts. And I'm excited to see Stephen Thompson in there because if you look at his last two fights, I know. Gilbert Burns wrestled him. Bilal Muhammad wrestled him. You know, I don't know how this one's going to go. And I don't have an awful lot of analysis on it because it's it's one of those where... You know, Stephen Thompson loses to guys that can take him down, but he beats guys that can that that stand up with him. Kevin Holland loses to guys that take him down, but he beats guys that stand up with him. These guys are going to stand up with each other. Who's going to win? I simply don't know. I'll, uh, you know, I'll have to watch a little bit more tape, a bit more fight week content this week, and uh, sort of decide which way I'm going to go. The the problem is, I, I think, because what I'm imagining is I immediately pick Stephen Thompson because I always think of Stephen Thompson as he was in like 2016, 2017 kind of thing. He's not. The guy's kind of struggled with injuries. He's a little bit older. He's a little bit slower. I do think if that is the case, Kevin Holland walks into a bunch of kicks. He's just going to keep going forward into the wrong thing at the wrong time because Kevin Holland is a forward pressure fighter that plays well into <coughs> Thompson. But Stephen Thompson is awesome. Not man, I, this might be like if he loses, he could retire because of his age and like how much damage he's taken and stuff like that. So, I don't yeah, know sure. that I'm picking Stephen Thompson, but I'm not confident on that one. Yeah, I I really don't know because you know, 39 years old, and luckily, he's got a style that doesn't uh, sorry, un- unfortunately, he's got a style that relies <laughs> a lot on reactions, a lot yes. on speed. Yeah, and you know, if you Let's not forget the guy who had one one loss when he fought uh, Tyron Woodley to a draw, and then he obviously he then fought into a loss in that instantly forgettable fight. He then dominated Jorge Masvidal. Yes, but then he lost to Darren Till, which is is what yeah. it is. Lost to Anthony Pettis. I know he was, was winning the fight, but winning the fight to man punch. Yeah. At least he didn't knock himself out. Job. Oh my god! <laughs> Leave my boy alone. <laughs> that's just the theme for today's. Yeah, that's the the theme for today's show. But uh, no, but then you know he dominated Vicente Luque, dominated Jeff Neal, but then he was dominated by Gilbert Burns. He was dominated by Bilal Muhammad. Yes, these two guys are the other end of the welterweight scale yeah. at the moment. But you know how does this fight go? Like I say, I'm really not sure. And I'm, it's the same with the co-main event, RDA and Brian Barberena. How does same that one go? Like age, you know. I think it's going to be fight of the year kind of contender style of fight. But yeah, I think, I want to say RDA, but I always imagine him just being like 2015. He was sharp. Uh, nowadays, I don't really know. But he's aggressive and he's he wants to fight. And I think they gave him someone who will finally stand with him. So I hope RDA wins. Yeah, for sure. I, th- I think, but... Let's not forget that Brian Barberian is coming off the, the Tico victory of, of Robbie Lawler last time out. You know, it's... No, let's forget that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, <laughs> no, yeah, let's... yeah. Emotionally, let's forget it. But, but yeah. analysis-wise, let's, let's not forget it. And, you know, he, he's riding a three-fight win streak, Brian Barberian, which is... I know. You know, no disrespect to him, but a guy like him shouldn't be riding a three-fight win streak. This is the he's longest win streak that... of, his, of his UFC career. He's not he's that got... good. It just seems like he's got an insane chin, yeah, and and can tire his opponents out. Now, Ardi will probably look to chew up the leg because he's going to know that if Matt Brown and and Robbie Lawler can't knock this guy out, Ardi probably doesn't have the, the the power to knock him out. Chew up the leg, 
maybe get a, a TKO from leg kicks, but I don't see him. I don't see him knocking Brian Barbarino. I think it will be a, a, a very one-sided decision. Yeah, yeah, RDA. Yeah, I, I don't know. RDA could retire tomorrow too. Uh, I thought Fizio's... he retired after the Rafael Fazee fight. I thought that was the way he was going, but obviously, obviously he's uh, he's back up at one seventy now after the the, the Floro back down at one fifty five. He's a guy that's a tweener, you know. He's a one sixty five pound fighter in the end. Yes, disappointing that we don't have that option for him in the uh, in the UFC. I think he was also caught up in like that 2016, 2015, 2017 lightweight division was maybe that was inc- that was an incredible time for the USC's lightweight division. Eddie Alvarez, uh, like Donald Cerrone was good then. Uh, uh, who else am I trying to think? Anthony Pettis. McGregor. Uh, he, he fought a prime Tony Ferguson. McGregor. That's what I mean of like, man, he competed at the best time in lightweight history. Oh, that was a good stuff. Anyway, let's move forward because it is a banging card, but I think we got some other stuff going on this weekend. Uh, Tyson Fury in the fight of his career, the fight that we've been waiting for, the fight finally. This is the fight that we've just been salivating for he's gonna okay <laughs> sorry my facial expression is not hiding the way that i feel about this fight awfully so, well I, I was asking you off air i'm not tyson Fury is fighting a guy he's beaten twice in a fight that none of us want is the headline that is okay. the headline tyson fury is fighting a guy that nobody wants to see him fight that he's already beaten twice i mean no disrespect to Derek Chisora because he's a gamer this is not the fight that people want to see this is not the fight that anybody wants to see it. and you know I, i've written a, a preview for it fury versus chisora three preview of an unwanted fight nice. it's the title of my you know and again you know and i think tyson fury knows uh derek chisora knows this is not the fight that people want to see this is not the fight that people are interested in they're doing it at the tottenham hotspur stadium i think it'll sell out because it's tyson fury absolutely but realistically it shouldn't sell out. This is the on paper the fight is an O2 arena fight. You know, yeah. he's two and O against him, and this isn't this isn't two and O. Larissa Pacheco, Kay, uh, Kayla Harrison, where Pacheco has looked phenomenal since since losing to to Pacheco uh, since losing to Harrison. Sorry, right. Derek is is one and four in his last. Uh, one and three in his last four fights, sorry. Yep. With his only win coming by a split decision against Kubat Prulez. He lost to Joseph Parker twice and he lost to Usyk. You know, he was KO'd by Dillian White back in 2018. He was a split decision to Dillian White in 2016. He lost to Kubat Prulev. So let's, be, let's remember he's one and one with Prulev. Since 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 losing to, to Tyson Fury the second time, let's not forget the second time because he was absolutely dominated at Wembley Arena back in 2011. Yep. He won one and then he lost three on the bounce. And then he lost to Tyson Fury again uh, five fights later. Yep. This time he retired on the stool after after 10 rounds. It just seems that every time he fights someone that is a bit of a name, he loses. And that's no disrespect to these guys, but you know, he fought five people that, that uh, you've never heard of. And then he fought Kubat Pulev and lost. Then he fought someone else you'd never heard of. Then he fought Dillian White and lost. Yeah. Then he lost to someone that you've never heard of. Yeah. In Monaco. He just didn't turn up for that fight. He couldn't be bothered. He did beat Carlos Takam. And he did beat David Price. But, the, I mean, I think what speaks volumes as well is the fact that on his Wikipedia professional boxing record, he's one of these fighters now where there's been an age category added to his professional boxing record. You don't get that with all these fighters. You go on Tyson Furies, you don't have an age an age category. You've just got you know the type of victory it was, the round the date. With yeah. with Derek Zoy, you've got the type of victory, the round the date, his age, and then the location. He's thirty eight years old. He's he's one and three in his last four fights. He's two Fuck and yeah. oh against Tyson Fury. And remember, this is this is the date we should have been, yeah, hyping up Tyson Fury versus Anthony Joshua. I know. This is the date, December third, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, Anthony Joshua versus Tyson Fury for the WBC Heavyweight Championship of the World, yep. the biggest fight in in uh, British boxing history. Let's be honest, yep. it would have been. Would've and been. instead, we've got Chisora, who I think 
I saw a line at one point where he was minus 3,000 to win the fight. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> that's reasonable. Yeah, exactly. But that's the thing. That shouldn't. We shouldn't be saying that's fair, that's a reasonable... It, it, this is... This is what we're doing. This is this is boxing now. This is what this is what's happening. We're putting guys in there who are minus three thousand to win, just win the fight, let alone by KO or anything. And and I just don't get it. But boxing is going to boxing, you know. It, it's yeah. And you know, we saw the everyone saw the interview with Tyson Fury and the YouTuber True, True Geordie when he interviewed him for his podcast. And yeah. He was kind of bashing the, the fight itself. And Tyson knew because Tyson went off on on True Geordie and said, "Oh, you know, you've never fought a day in your life," and started abusing him. So he reacted because he knew exactly what True Geordie was saying was correct. Yeah, there, there, there's a guy on the undercard, uh, the co-main event, Daniel Dubois. I was looking at that one. Would have like, been a better, better fight <laughs> yeah. for Tyson Fury than than Derek Chisora. Joe Parker is a better fight for Tyson Fury than. Uh, than Derek Chisora. I'll just pull up some boxing rankings now because I can... Yeah, Chisora's not in the top 10 on the ranking I was just glancing at. I mean, that tells you everything you need to say, doesn't it? You know, <laughs> looking at the WBC, WBC top 10, just... Yep. Derek Chisora's not in it. He's, he's number 13 in the WBC. You can't tell me that... Obviously, Deontay Wilder fight probably isn't the one to make, but Andy Ruiz Jr., Frank Sanchez... Fine. Mahmoud yeah. of Anthony Joshua, obviously Dillian White fought this weekend to a lackluster split decision. Uh, Martin Bacoli, Otto Valin rematch, you know, Lewis Ortiz, Michael Hunter. You can't tell me none of these guys were free. And that's just the WBC rankings. Yeah, I know. And it's not like Deontay, or, yeah, Deontay Wilder, where they're fighting for the third time. And you're kind of on the edge of your seat, but it sells. This one doesn't have either of those factors. Not on the edge of my seat. Definitely not selling big. Like this was just like we we booked a day. I guess we have to f- get a warm. That's body exactly in there. it. We we we've signed a contract for Tyson Fury to fight at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium mm. on the third of December. It's pretty much the only time we can fight at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in recent times because of the World Cup being in Qatar. Tottenham aren't playing week in week out. Sure. You know, it it doesn't affect the, the football schedule. It's 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 lame. It's it's a super lame thing. But this is like you said, boxing is like, all the complaints that we had about boxing, and it's it sucks that it's just it's been an actually really exciting time for heavyweights for the last like four years. It's been really fun. You got new players in there. You have different stakes going on. You have fun storylines, and then you just have the typical like BS like this. You're fighting exactly. some guy. This sucks. But like like I said, you got Daniel Dubois in in the co-main event. Yeah, you put Dubois in there. What's the worst that can happen? He can lose. And yeah, he I think he's what, 24, 25? Yeah, 25. Yeah, he can pick up his second loss. But look at what happened after he lost to Joe Joyce. Look at how, how he bounced back and, how, you know, yep. three huge knockouts in a row, you know. Yeah. And But it sort of kind of says everything you need to know about boxing. Tyson Fury's friend, Isaac Lowe, is on the card. Coming off a pretty devastating... <laughs> Two losses in a row, both by by knockout. The last one in particular against Nick Ball. And he's fighting a guy who's eight and four. <laughs> what? Why bother? Nobody's interested in that fight. We know that Isaac Lowe's just going in there to try and get, you know, a, another win and and get back on the horse, as it were. It's just it's just disappointing because you know you've got fights listed throughout the card. I mean, I think the co-main event is is. Quite well matched, but again, the guy that Dubai is fighting, Kevin Lorena, the KO kid, yep, went okay. to decision in his last fight. Not quite the KO kid, but you know, it, it's competitive, but it's not. I mean, it's probably more competitive than the main event. But just Tyson Fury's going in on Saturday night. Will he have trained particularly hard for this one? No disrespect no. to Derek, but why would you bother? He's going to go in and win this fight. At a canter, if he wants to box behind the jab and dance around Derek Chisora for twelve rounds, which I can even see him doing on purpose, you know, he'll probably do that. If he wants to go in there using that Kronk Jim style and knock Derek Chisora out, 
he'll do that as well. He literally can do whatever he wants with Derek Chisora, as we've seen in the past two fights when Derek was in his prime. Derek is way past his prime now, and yet yeah. these two are still fighting. And I mean, I wouldn't even say if you've got sensible money, put it on Tyson Fury, because it's not even worth looking <laughs> at. You put £10 on, you'll probably get £10, 10p back. It's not even worth no. putting money on Tyson Fury to win, because he will win. And but the 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 risk the the most entertaining thing about this fight is whether he it's probably going to be his ring walk for a start, but it's it's whether he it's whether he decides to essentially piss the fans off and jab Derek Chisora's head off for the entire twelve rounds, or whether he looks to go out there and blow him out in in one or two rounds. It sucks that we couldn't get the contract. This is, it's just, it's so stupid overall that we couldn't get the fight we actually wanted. It's one of those, like, we have to have this fight or else you feel cheated historically looking back. You're going to, we're always going to wonder of like that, the Tyson Fury versus the other heavyweights. Usyk would have been amazing. Uh, the, the other uh, English guy who now I forget his name, even though we mentioned him a bunch of times, would have been incredible. Joshua, it would have just been Joshua. absolutely outstanding. It, we, it's, it, it's a cheat that we haven't got that fight already. It's a cheap that we didn't get the fight when we wanted it, but we're now we're on our third round of like we still want the fight. I'm not getting it, but you know what? The biggest slap in the face. I'm looking at Ticketmaster now. Spice isn't sold out at all. We're five days away from it right now. You can get tickets that are not scalper seats on the ground. Like this place, Tottenham Spurs is going to be a quiet stadium that night. And it's a huge stadium. Yeah, you know yeah. we saw uh, Joshua Usyk in the stadium. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was good. It- when it's sold out, it's so good. But this doesn't look like it's even half full at the moment. To to like, I can buy a regular ticket for like sixty five bucks, sixty five uh, quid. It's not good. That tells you everything you need to know. Sixty three thousand, I believe. I'm going to no ticket sales until the night. I'm sure by the time it comes out, it'll be closer to being sold out because we're still five days away. But this, if this was another fight, they would have been sold out by now. I think they're lucky and they've done it cleverly that they're. they're they're making the fight on a day that England aren't playing because I think if England football team is playing at 7 o'clock in the evening like they are tomorrow night, this yeah. fight, play second fiddle to that. But, you know, it is what it is. That, Like we always say, going to say, boxing, going to boxing. And I'm sure, you know, we've bashed it and I'm sure Derek is always going to knock him out. But I really we'll hope so. I hope Monday we talk about this amazing thing that Derek Chisora did and he's never going to be able to do it again. He found his uh, Buster Douglas moment. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, you know, we'll be back next Monday breaking that down, looking forward to UFC 282, which is... Oh, man, it was good. It was really good. Now, not so much. A little bit of a sour taste because I wanted to see Jiri Pohatchka fight again, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, it's still a good card, top to bottom. I think it's still quite a strong card. But uh, yeah, we were breaking that down, breaking down this sneaky good. If if you watch one card this weekend, don't worry about the Jazora Fury fight because you know, spoiler, Fury wins it at Canter. But the UFC card is really good, top to bottom is is really is. solid. You know, as as Tim was alluding to there, we've got you know we've got Tracy Cortez versus Amanda Hebas That's a, right a down one. on the prelims. Probably the first big test of Tracy Cortez's career. Darren Elkins is never in a boring fight. Mark Jacquesi, yep. this new wrestling heavy Mark Jacquesi taking on Michael Johnson. Clay yep. Guida, Scott Holzman, Angela Hill. I mean, I Nico Price. When has Nico Price ever been in a boring fight? <laughs> I know. Jack Amanson taking on Roman Delodzi in, in a late notice. Obviously, he's meant to be facing Derek Brunson. Derek's out. And let's not forget Taito Avassa, who was on the brink of a title shot, only lost to Cyril Gann in. in uh, in Paris on the September the 3rd. Knocked Silgan down in that one. Taking yep. on Sergei Pavlovich, who I don't know if he's any good or not, because that win against Eric Lewis would way prematurely stopped, in my opinion. When he fought uh, Shamil, yeah, he, of course he knocked him oh, out. I, I'm not even going to try and butcher his second name. <laughs> Abdurakimov. But then in his debut, he's handed out as the Overeem is absolutely dominated. That's a rough one. What's exciting is this guy hasn't seen a second round since June of 2017. So <laughs> if you are watching this guy this weekend, Taito Avasa versus uh, Sergal Pavlovich, don't go and get a beer. Don't go to the toilet. <laughs> Just sit down. For when they announce the fight, you'll be able to get a beer in under five minutes. Yeah. Don't yeah, worry yeah. about it. It'll come. So, uh, yeah, you know, this is a sneaky good card. 
and it snuck up on us. I don't think the UFC have promoted it awfully well, but do not miss this one because this one is a really good card. And people will actually be in the audience for it too, which will be a relief to hear. Uh, but yeah, I think that's it for the week. We covered a bunch of stuff, PFL and all that stuff. Uh, author stuff will be down below, so make sure to check out what we're writing this week. Fraser, what else have we got going on? Yeah, I've got a preview for the Angela Hill fight coming out, which, uh, you know, like I said, it's a sneaky good fight. Cause it is. I love a leg kick and she loves throwing them, so I'm here for it. <laughs> and I've got the preview of... Uh, a little bit more of a backstory on Tyson Fury, Derek Chisora, and how the hell we ended up getting here and not having an Anthony Joshua fight. But uh, yeah, be sure to uh, keep an eye out on the site for that. And the YouTube site as well at the moment, plenty of stuff's going up on the YouTube site. We had Andrew get the post-fight press conference with Kayla Harrison, which is a really eye-opening uh, post-fight uh, interview after her loss to uh, Pacheco this weekend. So check that out. And it's, uh, yeah, the YouTube channel's really kicking off, so be sure to, uh, to, to subscribe to that so you don't miss anything. Thanks so much for your time, Brendan. Thank you, mate.